Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. So I thought we'd do a little bonus review session this week. Uh, tell me how you feel about road trips. I think eating BK Lounge every <laughs> single meal for a day is, is quite frankly an accomplishment. We are, of course, talking about the road trip that we took last week. And we had all these ambitious plans to record an entire pod. And we recorded zero minutes. None minutes. A lot of <laughs> ideas. <laughs> Lots of ideas that we didn't write down. We brought a, we nope. brought a whole scratch nope. pad in the car of... On purpose. No scratching. And nothing. Yeah. But I, I got to say, I'm in on road trips after these few days of recovery. Yeah, this was <laughs> this was a lot of miles in not very much time with very little sleep. We are not as young of men as we once were. <laughs> <laughs> the recovery time is just, you can't just slug down some Starbucks and then just like, put in another thousand miles it does it does not work like that anymore but i had a good time for what it's worth (laughs) that was good that was good you know one thing that we didn't have two things that we didn't have that are like um staples for me in road trips one beef jerky Hmm. number two combos no combos (laughs) (laughs) i think it was i think it was too hot never too hot for combos (laughs) Never too hot for combos. That should be their slogan. <laughs> that that night driving section that could have been accompanied with with some combos. Could have done really well with combos. I agree. You know, we didn't. We barely even snacked. We stopped for all of our to go food, and it was all Burger King. So we are facing each other this week. Tools Derby. Yeah, take two, round two. Uh, you know, salient points here. Eric won the first round five four one. Largely on the strength of your pitching. Is that how it's going to go down this week? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> Very well could be. I mean, if you're in... You're not in crisis mode, as you were concerned uh-uh. about last week. And my guys are not um, firing on all cylinders right now, but... on In the standings, on paper, we are the number one and two teams in our league. But then on the other piece of paper that says how we're actually doing, I am the worst team in the league and you are the best. <laughs> so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I uh, it's a, a sobering realization that I went I went like eight hundred against the spread last week, and I didn't bring myself to five hundred <laughs> <laughs> in the in the breakdown. In the breakdown, yeah. yeah, it was rough. I um I don't feel great about that. I'm a little nervous, but I will say our teams are much more similar to their composition the first time we faced twelve weeks ago than I thought they would be like actual composition i mean my team has not changed that much i've i've been really lucky in in terms of um season ending injuries and Mm -hmm. season ending um inflated eras and (laughs) deflated batting averages 
I yeah, I agree. And I was thinking, I mean, I've I have picked up a lot of guys and you've picked up a lot of guys too, but I think we're both doing revolving door type. So it's the same couple slots just keep turning over. Oh yeah, that that um fifth and sixth pitcher slot just in out, in out, in out. This week on the pod, we're going to do all buy low, and we're going to do it by exploring individual players. In the first half, we're going to just bat around some buy low pitchers, and then in the second half, we'll talk about some buy low hitters. We both approach this in slightly different ways, so I'm interested to see how the conversation goes. Here we go with pitchers. So my search was all about looking at strikeouts and trying to use the strikeouts per inning pitch as the key the key metric to identify these guys. Then I also looked at, and I'm curious if you like these metrics, home runs to earned run ratio. I'm curious how three true outcome they are. Strikeouts to walks. And then total batters faced per inning pitched, which is something that we'd explored uh, last year, actually, early on last year, and uh, haven't really touched on since. I like these. This is a really good method in terms of, especially in terms of, I'm already thinking about clustering, how we can... Hmm use this to um grab some guys who are who are similar pitchers on the way up yeah i think and to me that's a really good idea these these are good clustering metrics um they're not they're not sort of the traditional um advanced metrics that you would think of but i i think that they all tell you something unique about how the pitcher's doing uh that said you got to manage your expectations with your buy low pitchers. And I think you disagree with me a little yeah. bit on this point, but my buy low pitchers are guys that are just solid. <laughs> like they're just going to go out there and they're going to do okay. I am not looking for world beaters. I just want a guy that I know what he's going to do. I understand that. I know I think that I I think that we both have followed this prompt in in slightly different ways, but I agree with that. In terms of the players that I want on my team, that's that's what I want. I want the guys that are totally solid, the guys that I know what's going to happen when I when I play them. Let me just let me just highlight a couple guys here, and we'll see. I'll see what you think. Um, why don't you just give me short responses on on your, just your your gut feeling? So these are all identified um, by strikeouts per inning pitched. They're a little lower this year than they've been for the past three years or however long they've been in the league in the past. So I looked for guys that. I think that there's going to be a slight regression in strikeouts, and then I cross-checked it against the other um, the other categories or the other stats that I was talking about, looking at how many home runs they've given up, how many walks they've given up, and just how many batters they're facing. Number one for me, and we talked a little bit about this, uh, Clayton Kershaw. I think he's a buy low. Yeah, I think he is too. I, th- I agree. I think that this is going to be the lowest that his value is going to be perceived. Hmm is the lowest that it has been perceived in a long time. And yeah. and that means that it's it's buying time if you want to have any shares of him. But where are you coming at this from? I mean, I'm coming at this from like, a, he's never going to be the Clayton Kershaw of yore, but he's always going to be a solid pitcher. I think that he's going to be something in between those two. Hmm. Okay. I mean, he's never... It's, it's like Pedro in 99 was a just... <laughs> An amazing, amazing pitcher, and he never, 
he never got back to that. But I mean, holy, holy moly, did he have some just great, 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 great seasons. So I think that that's similar to what, what you're looking at for, with uh, with Kershaw. I mean, similar to like, um, I don't know, Maddox. Hmm. In the in the late in the late nineties, hmm. similar time frame. I mean, he was a useful fantasy pitcher for the next ten years. No, that's that is really true. All right, how about a useful fantasy pitcher for ten years? Cole Hamels. I, <laughs> he was. He's he's going on that right now. I, I think I think of him as a buy low. I, I don't believe looking at his peripherals that he's in full on decline. Remember, again, I identified these guys by looking for a slight decrease from their performance over the past few years. But that, of course, biases you a little bit towards guys that are just that are just aging and slowing down. And Cole Hamels could be in that camp. But the rest of his stuff, apart from his epic blowups, has been pretty good. You, as a Cole Hamels owner, can speak to that. I would say that the blowups, if, if you've been owning him over the last 10 years off and on, you will know that he does have a tendency to <laughs> randomly blow up, usually against the Mets or whatever New York team um, he's facing after visiting his slam piece. But I think I think that you're, you're kind of right. I mean, Cole Hamels is, is, a, definite, um, is a definite buy low because he's going to give you a lot of quality problem is is that you're gonna have to actually be picky and choosy about when you start them yeah you used to not necessarily have to do that you absolutely have to now um another guy that i think falls into that camp the camp where you have to be a little choosy about his matchups vince velasquez has really shown flashes of brilliance but just doesn't seem to be able to put it all together i still think of him as a worthwhile guy to own for those hot matchups you are shaking your head i just don't think so his ERA is 4.69. He started 17 games. Um, he's doing pretty well for innings pitched. I like how many batters he batters he faces per inning. That's one thing that I like about him in this. I also like that he's only given up 13 home runs, and his strikeout-to-walk ratio is 107 to 34. He, so he's basically letting up a hit in inning. <laughs> yeah, he's absolutely <laughs> letting up a hit in inning. You know what? If that's what you're after, somewhere around a four or five ERA and a lot of strikeouts, there are worse places to get it. That's yes. that's what I'm saying. That's that's what I'm. I mean, that's one thing that I'm after. I think you can trade a dirt cheap ERA guy and get those strikeouts. Like this is a spot that I would look for strikeouts. Yep, I see. Yeah, it, I would say if you want to move around in, in ERA and WHIP guy um, for strikeouts, this would be a great candidate. Understood. You think he's going to get to 200 strikeouts? He's on pace for it I right do. now. I do think he's going to get there. Oh. Do you not think he's going to get there? I'm readying the pen to put this in the bet box. All right, so over, under on 200? Yeah. I'll take the over. 199.5 strikeouts. Yeah. 199.5. I assume you're taking the under. Definitely the under. All right. It's all going to come down to that last start. I can feel it. <clears throat> all right. Talk to me about your guys. Who are you targeting? What's your philosophy on buy low pitchers? All right. So I took a look at um, the ownership model and the ownership model for... Um, I applied that to the preseason rankings 
of pitchers and said, okay, this is what the ownership should be um, for those pitchers based on this is what the ownership should be in the preseason for all those pitchers. Here's what the ownership is right now. Took a look at the players that were um, had wide discrepancies and said, really took a look and tossed out a bunch of guys like you Darvish right now um, who had obvious reasons why they were had depressed ownership. And then took a look at the other guys and said, okay, well, these are the ones who are lagging behind for reasons um do we still believe that they have value for the rest of the season above what their ownership says i like this list i like that philosophy and while my list required more massaging and more explaining myself (laughs) i think your list is straightforward and clear about yeah these can be by low guys yeah, unfortunately, that was because there's a little bit more a priori <laughs> <laughs> application here to uh, to this model. So I had Jose Quintana, Chris Archer, Kyle Hendricks, Kenta Maeda, and Felipe Vasquez. I like that this. I like that this also spans a range of values. I think that range of perceived values. Like I think that. I think that people are still going to... Chris Archer is still valuable on this. Um, how many strikeouts is he on pace for right now? Not as many as usual. And then he's still got that injury. I like Kyle. I've always... I mean, I like Kyle Hendricks. I think he's a great buy low. He's oftentimes undervalued. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he's I think he's been perpetually undervalued. Kenta Maeda is going to be... is Has been valuable. Has shown some value. Of course, this season is on a good team that I think is going to make a surge to the finish line here. So he's he's going to have to play well. And then I don't know. I wanted to I wanted to have a closer in here, <laughs> Felipe Vasquez. I I have no reason not to believe that he's um, other than Pittsburgh. I guess. What do you like about Vasquez? I mean, he's a closer. Um, do you think Do you think that he can vault into the the quote-unquote upper tier of closers? No, I don't think he can. Okay. But I think that he's kind of on the edge, which means that um, I think that we're going to lose a couple of closers here really shortly. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I yes. think they're going to be more <laughs> I, I mean, closers. It's already it's already sort of started. We're in that we're in that sort of timer on the All Star break where things can get very flexible really fast and i don't see him as a guy who's going to his team's not so bad that they're selling away all the component parts right and they're um you know and he's he's not so great that he's going to be targeted by a team like i don't know the angels <laughs> <laughs> to fill their ninth inning void what about the giants <laughs> I don't know, the Giants kind of the the Giants are the one team that a closer by committee makes sense for. It's very true, apart from the Rays, in their closer by starting. <laughs> um, let's see. I mean, geez, he strikes guys out at a great clip. His, I mean, the big thing here with uh, Felipe Vasquez is that his ERA is high for a. Um, 
elite closer. And in the preseason, it was supposed to be a great ERA. So he may regress to regress to the mean over the course of the second half of the season. I don't get freaked out about closer ERAs um, because their contribution to the ERA, unless you are doing a very specific strategy, their contribution to the ERA is going to get swamped by your starters. Mm -hmm. So ERA to me only matters, A, if you're doing a best strategy and and you're trying to keep your innings low, or B, if they lose their closer job. And yep. if they're not going to lose their closer job because of it, then in a standard format, you're fine. Fernando. Did he not carry my team? <laughs> yes. Yes, he did. We have to go through a little bit of a sound check to see if we can balance ourselves. This week, it required a little bit more direction than normal. I think, um, I think if you, I think you should try and keep a foot between you and the mic. Not that far. Is this the foot? That's way too close. Where you were, try that. Talk there. Is that a foot? No, a little closer. Is that a foot? That's what I want. <laughs> there-ish. There-ish. Just not the lean in was killer. Okay. Okay. We'll try. I'll try to stay here. My buy-low hitters are on a total plate appearance contingent thing. So I have a couple out of left field here. On, in some cases, literally out of left field. We can see what you think. <laughs> I'm going to start with some of my more, one of my, my more, my most certain ones that can tell you sort of where this might go. Albert Elmora Jr. Okay. Was a touted prospect for a while. Has some actual legit numbers. Plays for a good team. I have no faith that, that Jason Hayward remains at the top of that lineup. What's not to like? And you're saying right now, buy him low right now. Yeah, buy him low right now. He's got he's got 44 runs. I really did a I really thought about this from a from a counting stat contingent thing. So I'm ignoring average, which is actually interesting because his average is currently 331. Very good. Yeah. So um, his RBIs are about what you expect from someone relatively low in in the Cubs lineup, uh, but he's got he's got plenty of runs. He's got very little pop and not a lot of not a lot of stolen bases, but solid contributor. <laughs> but those runs. <laughs> Let me give you a little bit more legit guy though. Gregory okay. Polanco. All right. Would you buy him low? No. You would not buy him low. What um you uh why? Why? He's hitting 234 with only 11 home runs, 40 runs, 40 RBIs as of today, roughly 300 plate appearances. That's like dead average, but I don't think of Polanco as a dead average guy. So you think that okay, so of these two players that you've already listed, uh-huh. I would rather have Almora. I I understand that understand waiting and hoping and i feel like geez polanco has been out there every single day and it's not shown us anything and that batting average is really concerning so you think it's legit i mean this maybe this is a little bit more for me to say like the people can decide i am sort of thinking that his batting average can't actually be this bad like this isn't actually the underlying gregory polanco so what it goes up to his three-year average yeah up by 20 points and we get that regression to the mean is what you're saying that's what i'm saying so you get you get something 40 points higher 
and suddenly he starts to actually score a few more runs. Well, if you if you didn't like those two guys, you're not going to like this guy, Chester Cuthbert. <laughs> I I keep on looking at him and being like, uh, maybe next week. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but now he might actually come back from the DL, so this might be his week. So I did the same thing with this as well and was like focused on the... Um, focused on top 200 players with a heavy emphasis on those top 100 players. I've got number one, our buddy, Will Myers, has very depressed value right now. Uh, He's got me depressed about his value for sure. Okay, but he's playing. He is there, and he hit a home run. Did he not? He's actually looking pretty good in coming back. Now, the only question... The only question that I have about him is whether he's going to stay healthy. And that's what everybody else is going to be considering. But a lot of people are going to want to get rid of him. I disagree. I think that if anybody made it through that, that teams that made it through that injury period are not going to let him go easily. I think that we, uh, I think there's going to be some leagues where he's going to be available still. And I would pick him up in those leagues because his value is going to be... I agree with that, but I don't think you can trade for him. So I don't think you can buy low from another person for Will Myers. I'm not going to trade Will Myers. Are you going to trade him? He looks good. (laughs) Well, okay. If he is available, which I think that there have been... There's been a lot of advice on the fantasy uh, in other pundits Mm -hmm. uh, pieces about getting rid of Will Myers. So that's Mm -mm. sort of what I was queuing into. I'm not getting rid of him. You won't? Okay. Well, that's good. We're talking about people trying to buy low here. Okay. Fair enough. So you're concerned about that one. Who else we got? Raphael Devers. What do you think? Sophomore slump? Absolutely. This is exactly what we talked about last week. This is our, where have they been a highly touted prospect? Um, yep. Yeah, he's been a highly touted prospect. He's not realizing that value. This is a guy that you're going to kick yourself for not owning when he takes off. Yeah, and he's um, he's not losing that job. <laughs> he is not losing that job. He's So they're just going to let him work it out. Yeah. Um, by the way, if you own Eduardo Nunez, his time is over. <laughs> it's, his time is over. All right, let's talk about another third baseman, Josh Donaldson. Do you want any piece of this? Yeah, absolutely. This guy fits into the start of the flow chart from last year. He's a really he was a top performer. Um, just not doing it this year. No real reason to think that he won't do it again if he's playing. And I think that he will. I don't think that I don't think Toronto has a plan to play the babies. And even if they do, I think that would require them to get rid of Josh Donaldson. Yeah, agreed. What do you think of Elvis Andres? I think you put him on your list because you like him. <laughs> and I want to and I want to grab him. Yeah, I think that's exactly what this is. I don't I I mean, um depending upon what your philosophy is, if you think of him as I don't if you were really in a spot where you need a guy that you just want to throw in your lineup and never think about again, Andrews is that guy. At shortstop. At shortstop. Yep. Four yes. stolen bases. At short, yep, yep, exactly. If you want that do it fine but that to me is not the type of buy low that i'm going for fair enough yeah you want to be a little bit more interactive i think the andres is is again these are people that i'm just saying i think that their value is below 
what I would have expected looking at the preseason. I agree. What with I that. would have expect for the rest of the season. All right, Daniel Murphy. Yep. Time to buy him. Oh yeah, absolutely time to buy him. Daniel Murphy is a guy that should never not be owned because something interesting is going to happen with him eventually. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes. You don't want to. You don't want to not be holding him when when something crazy happens. Put him on your bench for a little while. So this was just a bunch of players. This was a bunch of players to talk about. Sometimes it's sometimes it's good to remind ourselves that we actually know things about individual players, not just dots on a plot. I don't know. It's a lot more fun that way, though. The dots on a plot. I do like <laughs> dots on a plot. It's true. It's true. And but I well, the thing that I actually really liked about this whole discussion is that we approached this in two completely different ways. The same exact problem. And that tells you everyone in your league will do the same thing. Yes, absolutely. Everyone is attacking things differently. So never never assume that everyone in your league is trying to win fantasy in the same way. Yeah, and yeah, and get out there and exploit that. I mean, hopefully we just gave you two two opposing viewpoints and I think you could I don't know, could you take them and play them off each other? I think you could. <laughs> and maybe not pick up anyone that we suggested. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely right. All right, you about ready to wrap this sucker up? I am. I want to talk a little bit about the, the MLB's annual popularity contest. <laughs> All-star All-star balloting. Um, you know, some of, some of it works, some things don't. I mean, obviously, uh, Nick Markakis is, in fact, the most valuable outfielder in the National League. Who is on the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> yep. That is exactly right. Uh, one thing that I do find interesting is that the designated hitters in the AL, J.D. Martinez is crushing Giancarlo Stanton right now. Is that just Red, Take is that that. Just Red Sox Nation Take just that out for there? Data. Well, uh, how many home runs does Stanton have right now? He's 19. 19. Mm-hmm. And how many does J.D. Martinez have? Uh, many more than that. Yeah, I th- so I think it's clear. All right, J.D. Martinez, just for clarity, 25. Um, what about this? Mookie Betts is beating Mike Trout. By a, like, that is Red Sox. That is Red Sox Nation. By a sizable margin. That's Red Sox. <laughs> that is Red Sox, most definitely. I mean, luckily there's, there's three outfielders. And then Aaron Judge is the third most valuable. Come on, really? Or the, the third most voted for. Andrew Benatendi is the, the sixth most voted for. Jackie Braley Jr. makes it on the voting. Come on. Come on, you guys. Wow. wow. Red Sox are taking home just hundreds of ballots and punching them out. But the <laughs> the Braves have Ozzie Albies is the most is the most voted. Freddie Freeman is the most voted. <laughs> Come on, you guys. They're in. They're back. Gansby Swanson is second. I mean, admittedly, Brandon Crawford is third on short, first on shortstops. All right. My whole point in saying this was not to go through the list, just to say that it's pretty ridiculous. Don't assume that a an all star appearance means anything for fantasy baseball. Oh yeah, yeah. That I you're right. I should have led with that. That's that's a clearer distillation of the point I wanted to make. All right, that about brings us to the review session. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. <laughs> I was shocked at the amount of things that I'd forgotten about this movie. Already? Yeah. It's two years old. Yeah. Not even. Yeah. 18 months. I'd forgotten that they that they just crammed a giant space battle in there for no reason. That was so good. It... I know. I No, no, don't get me wrong. 
needed that space battle, but I had totally forgotten that they crammed in a simultaneous ground assault and space battle into this movie. Love those. It just felt like Endor all over again. Except for on the beach. Oh, so good. Um, did you have a favorite one-liner? There are some great ones in here. My favorite? I find that answer vague and unconvincing. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a very good one. That's one that we need to be using more often. <laughs> um, my my least favorite one-liner is the um, rebellions are made on hope. Ugh. And they they'd say it twice like and it was it was already all over the trailer so you knew it was coming in. I mean this this was one of the first movies that we just compulsively dissected the trailer on the pod. <laughs> yeah. And then the movie. Yeah, so and we've talked movie. a lot about this. Yeah. One thing that struck me in watching this movie is it was like they reread the um the scroll from A New Hope and were like Okay, I see what the prompt is. And we're going to write the movie. And we're going to write the movie to explain, to get to that, so it can be summarized as the prompt for A New Hope. I think that's great. That's a really good summary of that. Right? Because, like, that, even in the start of the movie, when they kill the one armed guy, he's just like, oh, it's all falling apart, you know? Yeah. It's so hopeless, and that's like the whole idea of what you're supposed to get from the scroll in A New Hope. I think like that, how hopeless it is. Right. That first scene is really good for stage setting. All right. So you ready for for next week? What are we going to do? Ready for next week? I'm ready for this week. We're gonna watch Ind- We're gonna watch Independence Day. Yes. That's this week. Celebrate the Fourth of July just right with some Will Smith. I love it. We haven't gotten any Will Smith yet. No. But, I mean, geez, Wild Wild West was ixnade behind yeah. the scenes. <laughs> Believe it or not, that doesn't make the list. <laughs> All right. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too.